This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Looking around, I finally see I think I need a change. The rat race I want to flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free It's a modern homestead Build a modern homestead Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. This is your host, Rachel Jameson. Today's interview is about making some extra money on the homestead with a bed and breakfast. Hello, everyone. I am speaking today with Robin Holstein of the Holstein Homestead. Actually, you I believe you call it the Homestead House. Holstein House, yeah. Holstein House. Mm-hmm. And um, you are located in Virginia or West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. West Virginia. And you have a small homestead, kind of like mm-hmm. I do, a small mm-hmm. one. But you also have started... You started a few years ago, from what I've read, an Airbnb. So I wanted to first let you introduce yourself and then talk about kind of how you got to this place. And then we'll move into some questions. Maybe we can help someone else that might want to do something like this for their home. So go ahead. Sure. Uh, I am. I'm Robin Holstein, and uh, I've been married for uh, 21 years to my husband, Wayne. And uh, I have, uh, well, I have an older son from my first marriage that lives in Virginia. He's uh, 37 now, I think. (laughs) Isn't that terrible? I have to think about it. But um, yeah, I've lived in Kanawha County, West Virginia, the majority of my life, uh, with the exception of about four years when I lived in uh, uh, lived at Fort Hood, Texas with my first husband. He was in the service. <clears throat> and uh, in 2017, I decided that I was going to start uh, or put, we have a, a hundred year old house and um, we, I decided that we have, you know, we have the extra bedroom and I could use a little cash and it doesn't, I don't need to do anything extravagant. So I listed on um, Airbnb. and. Um, I've been doing that ever since, but I've also uh, started a few years ago taking direct bookings, which takes Airbnb and their fees out of the mix. So uh, I like to do that. But as far as uh, homestead type activities, um, I've always believed in having, um, you know, several weeks up to a few months of, of food on hand just as part of life and the way I grew up and things. But I started home canning. Oh, around 2002, 2003, and uh, started dehydrating about a year or so after that. And so I I got into, um, I just kind of slowly meandered into 
the uh, food preparation and storing for longer terms and being aware of emergencies and in the area and things along those lines. Uh, and, you know, I've always had a couple tomato plants somewhere all my life. So when we uh, moved into this house, of course, I didn't originally live here, but when we moved into this house a few years ago, I have enough property in the back. I have um, a small coop. I've got uh, seven chickens and three adult ducks, and I now have four ducklings, not even a week old yet. So I do sell those eggs uh, to to folks in the area, and um, you know I do I, I I make a little soap. I don't I haven't made enough soap to be fancy and add all the colors and stuff. Right. I do add a few scents here and there. Uh, I do a little bit from um, from lard and from other oils and stuff, and I do some melt and pour just you know to have something cute around holidays that's quick and easy, but. So I, I do a little bit of all kinds of stuff like that, and uh, and I really enjoy it. And started the podcast, um, the actual podcast that I have, a hosting house podcast, back in October of 2022. Uh, I've had a YouTube channel for years, but I didn't do much with it and started trying to update that about the same time. And um, okay. just a little bit of all kinds of stuff. So, Well, that's fun. So do you... Um... Do you work outside the home or is this your job? Is I have time? I have worked outside the home. I worked 12 years for the state of West Virginia. Then I left that because of um, lack of upward mobility. And uh, the husband was working a job that he said, you know, I do fine. You know, you don't you don't have to work outside. And I said, OK, but I, I've always done something. So. I started my own consulting business, administrative consulting, virtual assistants, what they call it, uh, out out in the wild. And I did that from uh, 2007. And I still kind of do it. It's just not much of what I do. I kind of migrated that into mobile notary services. So I do travel in the general area to people on behalf of like title companies or, or attorneys or things to oh, people who can't get into their offices and I will go. I've completed certifications and got some uh, insurances and bondings and stuff to be able to do that. So, for instance, if you were, here's, more, here's one of my favorites. It's been about three years ago now during the uh, Memorial Weekend when the bikers will ride to the uh, uh, Vietnam Memorial in oh, Washington, yes, D.C. Yes. There's a big, big bunch of them that come through here. And I got a call from a, a company that I'm um, associated with or listed with, I should say. They had someone coming through who was selling property in California, but he was on this ride and he needed the paperwork on his side completed. Oh, okay. So because of the, uh, this, the special training and stuff that I've had, uh, I was able to, they they were able to forward the documents to me. I met him at a local hotel down in the lobby. We sat down, went through all the paperwork, notarized what needed notarized, watched him sign a document, and I took them and got them FedEx for him so he could complete that, uh, the sale of his house while he was on the road. So it's it's really fun. I recently did so one you for have You have just kind of multiple streams. Of oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. I think. That yes, and they're really not. I mean, it's not large. It's not large chunks of stuff, you know. Right. But it yep. is yep. several. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think that's really common for a lot of uh, people that are homesteading. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not so much 
farming where you actually file mm-hmm. a schedule F and all that right. stuff. But for a lot of homesteaders, I'm noticing a lot of them have um, multiple revenue yeah. streams from multiple places. And yeah, because you can't. Yeah. I mean, I know there's the uh, the debate out there about whether we're going to digital currency or whatever, but you you can't. You have to have some form of cash, money, whatever you want to, how, whatever it looks like, because in today's world, the majority of us cannot produce every single thing that we need from our clothing to our shoes to all of our food right. without something from the outside. Plus, the government wants their t- tax dollars. And so, you know, in order to pay the taxes on Terra, you're going to have to sell something to get some cash. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, as homesteaders, it's easier to have the multiple streams than mm-hmm. one gig, mostly because mm-hmm. usually that one gig takes up more than you, of your time than the multiple yeah. streams. Yeah, Pers- b- ability to flex your schedule. Yeah, yeah, you can be flexible. And for me, I'm a little bit ADD and mm-hmm. like having all of the yeah. different hot the different plates spinning as opposed to doing the same thing every day. Yeah. yeah. But, um, That's probably a common thread. I, I suspect. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, so you had, we were just talking about before you came on and I'm also in a group with you on telegram, mm-hmm. your group. And, um, but we were talking about, and you've been talking about your little ducklings and yeah. you actually had your mama duck your mama duck is the one that hatched them. You didn't use an yes. incubator. Yeah. And um, that sounds like a really fun way to go to watch that whole process. It is. Now, my setup is a lot different than some of the other um, groups that or other people that you will see <clears throat> talking about them in some of the groups that we're mutually in, uh, involved with. Um, I don't have a pond. I mean, I'm on actually a, a suburban lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It, when when this section of the um, uh, the county was initially settled, it was a long way from, I mean, well, not mileage wise, it's just as far now as it was, but it was a long way from the city when you were having to take, you know, the in the 1900s, when you have to take the trains and stuff out and get to get around. Um, so this was agricultural area, but now it's an older, early suburban kind of place. So I've got a, a cup about... I don't know, two, two and a half average city lots, I guess, if 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 you okay. did it that way. Um, and it's not all flat. So there's a big slope in the back. And the reason I bring this up is because I don't have a pond for my ducks. I don't have uh, an an area out in the South 40, you know, where they're they're hanging out or anything. So I just I have a actually it is a rubber rubber made um, storage building that I have altered to make a coop and I have um, cut all kinds of ventilation in the top of it uh, and put uh, hardware cloth up there so that it still gets very hot, but they can get out into the run. So they don't, they're not locked up in there all the time. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, because it will get, it gets a lot hotter than a wooden building, but, um, and I've got a couple of manual open um, doors on one on each side and, one side goes to a, a another um, um, little manufacturer coop like you would buy at, at the uh, at the tractor supplier or, or Rural King or something that was the original one that I had when I got chickens, 
so that the chickens would go over. They like to go over and lay eggs over there. Well, uh, on the other side, we have a um, a plastic. It, it's made to look like a wooden barrel, but we've oh, we okay. yeah. we put a hole in and put a spigot in so that I can drain it. And I have um, uh, some rocks in there for the ducks, and I fill that up. So that's their pond, if you want to call. It. Okay, it's not yeah. very big at all, but that's their pond. That they got water, they can get in and swim and and bathe a little bit in, but. So all that <laughs> to say, yeah, this this hen was is about four years old, and she'd never shown signs of trying to nest before. If she was hiding her eggs, which is entirely possible, she wasn't hiding them all in one place and never went to sit on them. Okay. So she started, I started finding um, eggs under the litter in the coop. And after about the third one, it dawned on me, this one of the ducks, which I have a Pekin and I have a roan hen, um, one of them's trying to nest. Let's leave this alone and see what happens. And so she did in one one corner of the coop. She started, you know, burying her eggs and the the, the Pekin would just lays them wherever. Right. But she started hiding them and I decided to let her sit. And I started counting from the day she, I saw her sitting where she didn't come out and spend time out in the yard all the time because I do. I let them out after a couple hours in the morning and um, I, I marked the calendar and I was off by one day. So I was expecting them to come last Thursday and they started hatching on Wednesday afternoon. And uh, she ended up she laid eight. Two of them were duds. Uh, she hatched six. One, one died the first day. One died the second day. And the other four are running around eating, splashing, playing. Oh, they're fun. just in. Yeah, they're hysterical. And what is but your male he, duck? What kind is your he, male duck? He's a roan. Okay. He's a roan. But he 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 will mate whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not discriminatory. I didn't so, know. So you have pure roan ducks then? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how yeah. Cute. How so, um, yeah, and I've not been around. I wasn't raised around it. My when I was coming up here, and this is the town I was raised in. When I was coming up here, most of the agriculture was gone. People had backyard gardens, but right. they didn't have the hogs. They didn't have the chickens. They didn't have any of that anymore. The thing was, you know, bottle feed your babies and buy everything at the store. So I was removed from that. I'd Thank hear. You. I'd hear, you know, I'd hear people talk about it in the family, but I didn't have hands-on experience with that. So everything that I've figured out how to do has been either, you know, YouTube's books or uh, asking other people. And uh, I'm not real good at it, but it's it's fun trying. But yeah, she's uh, the mama duck. Um, she's something else. She will put that head down like you see in cartoons and, and just open her mouth and hiss and chase. And, oh, she's, oh, she's, she's very protective. Yes, fun. she is. Yes, she is. Well, that's so how she has to be. Well, yeah, I kind of hope she has, but I kind of hope she doesn't have, because I hope nothing tries to get them. I mean, now the, now the thing is, is because they, you can't keep them locked up in that coop. Now that they're out and I've spent yesterday trying to duckling resist the, um, the uh, run because I my oh, birds yeah, have been right. old enough they wouldn't it didn't matter but things can get through chicken wire you know snakes right, and, yeah. stuff. and um so I've tried to duckling resist um <laughs> so that they would at least stay there till they get big enough to 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 you know get out of the way of something that's coming after them 
but I don't have a lot of predatory pressure on my birds, but we do have hawks that migrate through. And of course, if it's dark enough for evening, you know, we do have uh, raccoons and we do actually have some um, coyotes in the area, but so far I've not noticed any trying to get, you know, in our stuff, but yeah, she's, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. That is fun. Now, do you have a garden as well? I have a small one. I have a small, yeah, I have a small container garden. The, um, the yard is so oddly shaded by uh, a, you know, a house on this side, some very tall trees in the back, a building on this side, that if I yeah. tried to actually plant one, it's going to be like a snake in the backyard to to match, you know, the yeah. so I've I've done better with container gardening where I can, if they seem like the plants seem like they're not getting enough sunlight, I can I can scoot. And I'm when I talk container, I mean like bags, feed bags or garden bags and okay. small pots and yeah. things that and and buckets that you can move around. Not you know, a lot of folks are using the um um oh what is it? Raised beds that did you buy oh, and, and yes, once yes. you get them started you really can't yeah, move them. Yeah you can't move them. Yeah. No, so, I get um, it. We did for a long time we had to take uh, several trees down due to oak wilt. And once mm-hmm. we did that I had a lot more sun in my yeah yard but before that i used to have the bucket garden on my back deck yeah for the same reason we just didn't have a lot of sun and i would put all my sun loving plants in there and they were five gallon buckets yeah yeah so that's that's basic i just don't have the way the yard is i just don't have the open space and we we have a, a, um, a travel camper that he uses when he works when he goes out of state and so it's backed in and part of the yard so it's I i don't have i don't have the the space for a traditional yeah. this you know, is what it's garden. like when you homestead in town yeah. and in the suburbs you kind yeah. of you kind of make it work however yeah. you can yeah that's why when you asked me if I had a homestead I said you know how do you define that because right yeah for a long time it's been the the five or more acres and you know yeah. cows or sheep or or some kind of larger livestock and you know I don't even know that I've got space for we've we've talked about rabbits. I, I just don't know if I can take I can call a rabbit or not. I just don't no, they're kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, they're just awfully. I used to have a rabbit back in the day, a rabbit skin coat. That's when that was back in the seventies. It was really popular. And yeah. I just now I think, how in the world? Oh, I just don't know if I could do it. I've had to take out some chickens. Mine aren't for meat, they're for eggs, but right. You know, I guess if I had to, uh, I just, it would yeah, be hard. It is, um, it's definitely, I mean, eventually you have to, I guess. Mindset. It's mm-hmm. definitely a mindset and I don't think anybody should ever take it lightly, you know, no, no matter how many times you no, do it, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, there's something <laughs> not right with somebody that gets a, that enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like really now, not, I'm not saying like, Oh, this is going to be good steak, you know. As right. In, oh, yeah. Ah. Right. Yeah. They take joy in the <laughs> actual yeah. feeling part. Yeah. But yeah, so I what, see. I see the definition of homesteading, you know, shuffling a little bit. Yeah, I think especially in the world that we live in, it's um, the last several years too. It's gotten very expensive to own large pieces mm-hmm. of land, and mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people are starting to homestead where they're at and that's why at the end of every podcast that i do i always say grow where you're planted because it's 
That's very good. I mean, you just grow, you have to grow where you're planted. You've learned Mm -hmm. that, I mean, even in the city, you can buy bushels of things maybe from the farmer and then come home and can them. Or you can do a lot of things at home or you can grow under lights. A Mm -hmm. lot of people are growing hydroponics and stuff inside homes. I haven't done the hydroponics specifically, but I've I've used, I had a, I got one of those grow light things from, um, well, you know, the big online box store. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, to, to try to keep a very expensive fern that I got last year, because on the front porch in the spring, I put flowers out. And this one, I just splurged and said, you know, I like this really big fern and it will look really nice right here. And I thought, you know, this thing is so expensive. I got to try to keep it. And I'm not good at overwintering tropicals. I've got a few houseplants, but when something like that, that needs the humidity that needs, you know, but I, I tried to keep, there's a few fronds still alive, but that baby is cooked. I just really yeah. messed that thing up. <laughs> I didn't get it right. But I've, I've tried the sprouts in, you know, sprouts and yeah. Um, yeah. microgreens and stuff. And I've tinkered with that a little bit. I, I'm not in the habit of it. It wasn't something that we usually eat. So it was interesting for a try. Yes, I can do this. I know how to do this, but to do it all the time just didn't, we didn't get into it. So, right. Yeah. So with, so going on to your, um, your Airbnb or mm-hmm. actually it's a bed and breakfast because you also, yeah. like you said, direct, book, yeah. direct bookings. What made you, you decided to do that because financially it was something that you wanted to do, but what made you decide that? Because yours is in your home. It's not mm-hmm. um, a separate building. Correct. Is it? Right. Do you have a mm-hmm. separate entrance? No. Okay, no, you come so, in just like you're like you're a cousin. You just come in the door yeah, and go upstairs so this is to the really <laughs> your true old school mm-hmm. um bed and breakfast basically. Yeah. yeah. Um so what made you decide that you were okay with that? What was the process like when you started thinking about having strangers basically in your home? <laughs> well, um you know, I did, I, I signed up for Airbnb a long time before I actually used it. And I spent a lot of time reading through the host side um, chat room that they have. And I read a lot of the questions. I read a lot about what different people were experiencing, especially the the negative sides, okay. so that I could have an idea of what, what could I get myself into. And I still felt like, you know, that this was manageable um, if I was careful. Airbnb does give the benefit, especially if you're starting out, of a pseudo uh, verification. And I say pseudo because you're supposed to upload a a government ID. Yes. And you're supposed to have a valid email account and they're supposed to verify all this stuff. And I'm not saying they don't, but what I'm saying is that that you can still fool it or if you don't and one of the things is as a host you can require when they show up that they show you the id and it match who said they were you know reserving the room so there are some protections there and i was reading uh i I got onto some rooms in in facebook as as a, a, a bed potential bed and breakfast and I was reading some about, you know, folks in the gen- in my general location that have traditional, you know, Victorian style home type, you know, bed and breakfast and was reading and talking back and forth with some of those folks. And I just felt like, you know, I'm home a lot. 
I'm not always um, getting paid just while I'm home. And we have the room that's not being used. Right. So I thought, well, I'll give it a try and see what happens. And um, you can, you, you, it, it, the, there's the very low barrier to entry. I mean, you just need a room. You need some clean sheets and some clean towels and stuff to really get started. Uh, well, of course, internet and stuff to post. But, uh, and that's what I did. I did buy clean sheets or new sheets because I thought, you know, if I'm going like that and you're not family, I kind of don't want to sleep on your sheets. Right. And um, I just I just used what I had and set the room up. There's not a lot of stuff in the room. There's a dresser. Mm-hmm. There's a console that holds a, a small TV. We eventually put in a, um, a a workspace desk so that I could, you know, people, you could still access the internet and work there, but I didn't have a dedicated spot like a table. Okay. So now yeah. I have a, a an antique, it's really a dresser, a ladies dresser with the uh, uh, camelback mirror on it. And I have that set up with a chair as the workspace. And, you know, there's a closet in a room and lights and all that stuff. So I just tidied that up and and took out anything that didn't absolutely. I thought, I thought if I was in a hotel room, what would I need? Mm-hmm. I have these things there. And and then what what makes it feel like a, a nice, comfortable room? So I added a, a, a few little touches that weren't too personal. Right. There, there are photos of my father when he was a child, like two or three years old, but you wouldn't immediately connect that. It's not like a picture of me and my dad and my husband. It's not a bunch of family pictures. So, but I thought, you know, this is, there's a lot of people doing this across the country and across the world. And it can't be that terrible if there's that many people doing it. And it's a little extra pocket money. So, um, you know, it's the utilities are going to be used, whether there's an ex, one extra person or two extra people in the house. You know, it's not there's not a not a big investment. And, it, and it's been a lot of fun meeting these people. Yeah, so the the first inquiry I had was from uh, someone who was supposedly local who was trying to get away from a spouse. And, you know, everything in me said, don't do this. And I didn't. I said, no, I'm sorry. I just I'm just not comfortable because you can turn them down on Airbnb. And there's a, you know, they they do they get kind of, you know, Airbnb is in the business of making money. Yeah, they they don't want you turning people down. So they discourage you from doing that. But you there are ways you can do it. And uh, so I I, I click, no, I'm not comfortable with this because I don't want to share I don't want to rent the room to people who are local with stories like you know I just need a place to stay till I find a place to stay you know because you're just asking for trouble there and uh, I have rented to people who are local who are coming into town for you know work conferences and stuff like that so but um so it it was it it was really interesting and in getting started and it, I was nervous I was nervous cuz okay yeah, that would be it. It would be a little nervous for me, um, especially since you said your husband does go away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't tell. I don't announce when he's gone. Right. I don't tell the guests sure. that he's gone. Yeah. You know, but I, I'm, I'm not a martial arts expert, but I'm, I'm not afraid of you, honey. You know, <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't tell people 
all of the stuff, you know, but I'm not worried about you. <laughs> You're not going to bother me. When did you decide to um, start adding breakfast to, to that? Or was that right away? I always did. Okay. I always did. Now, how uh, does that work with Airbnb? Do you just say that you offer that? And Well, I'm I'm of the opinion that it's supposed to be there anyway. Okay. Okay. Because the original, uh, and I, I, I got the book on uh, on the um, uh, the creation and the uh, of of Airbnb and its history up to I don't I don't remember when it was published. It was published about five or six years ago, uh, and read through that. And the original Airbnb was an airbed in a guy's you know apartment while he okay. was because he was trying to make money while he was in college. Or both of the guys, they they were roommates, I guess. And um, uh, so there was, you know, breakfast was like cereal or something. You know, it wasn't a whole lot, but it was always part of it. Now, um, it has been people have taken it to mean airbed and bath, meaning you know, bathroom and stuff. But originally, that's not exactly what it was. But I've always plus, if it's going to be a B and B, it's bed and breakfast. So. Right. I've always I've always offered something and um, I've added to it as I've like with sourdough. I love trying and I'm not very good at sourdough. I'm just good enough that you can eat it. But I I can't make all the pretty designs and stuff yet. I'm still working on that. But, you you know, I can by dabbling in sourdough, I can make my own bagels. I can make my own English muffins and I can make, you know, sourdough breads. So when I'm doing this, if. If I'm doing it before, like we've got a guy coming in, he won't, he probably won't eat it though. He's going to run a, a race locally and I doubt that he'll eat much more than fruits and stuff. But um, I'll, I'll have, you know, if I'm working on that stuff this week and if you've ever dabbled in sourdough, you know, you don't just start it that day and finish it that day. You, yeah. it takes a couple of days and you got to plan it. Sure. So I'll, I'll play around with that maybe and offer that. And if, you know, if he wants, if he wants it, he once it is, if he doesn't, he doesn't. It's okay. But when there's only a couple people moat at the max, because I don't take kids, and so it's either going to be, you know, one person or two. Okay. You're not talking about that much anyway. So, do you find that offering that homemade breakfast? Um, but do you find that people are drawn to that? Do you think that is a bonus? some of them are? Some of them eat. Some of them don't. Uh, some of them are just, you know, um, just, I'm, I'm trying to get from point A to point B and I just want to drop off and sleep and I'll be out of here before, you know, any reasonable person would have breakfast. Um, sometimes I have it set the tables, I, I, I have the table set and I have the break, uh, the, the breads and stuff covered. So it's not laying out, you know, but, um, some of them will sit down and just have coffee. Okay. The, it's 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 as different as people are. Uh, some of them will say, "Yeah, I did notice that because not every one of the hangups with Airbnb is that not everybody reads the full description or looks at the whole listing." So some of them will flip through all the pages and say, "Like the the young man that's coming this weekend, I see you have a couple dogs. Are they both boxers?" So he was asking about that, or I have had people say, I saw that you have homemade breads. I'm, look, I'm excited to try them. So, right. but not everybody does that. So there, there are some that do. Do you offer, um, do you offer any of that for sale? I know that you also have an Etsy page, but I, when I, yeah, I didn't know if you offered any like jams or jellies for sale. I, 
Or... I do have some. I don't. I don't like sell it on Etsy. I don't. I. Okay. I don't want. I'm hesitant to get involved in that because if somebody gets sick, you know, know. I'm not running a commercial kitchen. Right. So yes. I I don't I'm hesitant to do that. Now, if somebody's here and and I've served them, you know, jelly that I've, I've fixed myself and I'll tell them, you know, this is grape jelly that I made last year, this year, whenever. Um, And they say, I'd like to buy some because I do have a note in the room that said there are. Well, I have a binder in the room and in the binder is a page that talks about things that we do offer to sell like soaps and, and stuff. OK, Um. Cool. so. um. If they ask, yeah, I do, but I, I'm hesitant to get into the Etsy selling of food. Yeah, I get it. I, well, then you got to ship it, and it you got to ship it, and you, of, yeah, and then that's some more of this aggravating people who don't read everything, saying, "Well, I thought when I got it, it was going to be, you know, soft white bread like I get at the store." No, but no, it's great you know, <laughs> it's great that you a, offer this as part of your Airbnb experience. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever thought about getting involved in the because Airbnb has their experiences? I started looking at that. I really did, okay. and I, I I started an initial um, step, and and then I got into the uh, here. You know, here's plan it out and send us your your idea, and I never went further than that because I couldn't. I couldn't figure how to make it work. What I, I wasn't going to off, offer cooking. Okay. Um, what I was going to offer was, um, and because there's a lot of people that do the cooking mm-hmm. and baking. We have in West Virginia, um, there was a time when um, all of the when the coal mines were not uh, unionized and there was a um a large strike that happened <clears throat> and it got be- to being called the mine wars oh okay uh and it to try to shorten that up a little bit because i know we're on limited time but i there these things started not immediately here but a a few miles from where I'm at and up one of the hollows several miles it takes about 15 minutes to get to the spot where one of the biggest rallies happened before things got really bad so you've got a a lady I don't know how much you may have ever heard about this because I don't know how much it's taught out taught outside of West Virginia um a lady an older a little old lady a little old foul mouth lady lovingly called Mother Jones, came out of Chicago. She was a union unionizer and an agitator, they co- would call her at the time. Um, and stories were starting to filter out to the national papers about uh, harsh treatment of coal miners in West Virginia. And not just West Virginia, but this is where this kind of blew up. And um, you have a... Uh, uh, a coal, uh, a couple of coal mines in two different hollows. But now, you know, you're talking back when the only way you could get in and out of these places was to hop a ride on the railroad. You couldn't drive in. You couldn't ride a horse in. You could probably probably walk in up the coal uh, up the railroad. But most of these areas were accessible only by railroad. The railroad companies were owned, or the railroads were owned by the mine companies. The mine companies owned the houses the people lived in the stores that they shopped in right so as um as people started 
getting fed up with this, uh, and they started to protest. If you if you if you opened your mouth against the coal company, you were shunned, and your family was run out. So people were afraid to do it. This this lady, Mother Jones, gets wind of this. She comes into the area. She she travels up the um, the railroad to one of the mines, or close to one of the mines, and starts talking it up. You guys have got to get together. You got to protest. You got to go on strike. You know, we're behind you. Excuse me. The UMW starts, or they weren't the UMW then, but the, the mine workers union uh, started getting involved. And there are several spots in a reasonable drive, but it would, it would be an all day event to do it that I could, let's say if you came and stayed and say, I want, I want the, um, the uh, coal war, coal mine war experience. Oh, so you could do like a tour type. I could do a tour. I couldn't figure out how to make it work because the church that was that was uh, uh, photographed and and the photograph was uh, on the national papers is still there, but it's not landmarked or it's not historical marked. Um, there's a community mark. There is a historical marker for a community where. And and it's debated of whether the um, the sheriff had it done or the coal mine security firm had it done, but an a a, um, a Gatlin gun type weapon was used to to shoot at a tent colony of striking miners, and some you know uh, one unborn child was killed. And in this town where this railroad went by, there is a historical marker, but there's no not that it. It's just a historical marker. There's no. Right. Structures yeah. or anything like that. that. Stuff isn't marked. Right. So then, uh, several miles away, where this this lady, Mother Jones, was uh, on house arrest, the building she was in house arrest isn't there anymore. It's just an empty lot, and it's not even marked. Uh, but now there are. What you end up having is you have this this big mass of miners and their families walking from. Paint Creek to Marmette, which is many miles, especially walking. There is now a uh, a sculpture in Marmette to to um, commemorate the event. But then there's another area where you would go over the mountain because the federal government even brought planes in and 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 troops in and were shooting at the coal at the miners. So it was a Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's why it's called a mine wars is the federal government actually got involved and was shooting at people. And so there's there's a road that you can drive over, but there's no markers. Right. So there's almost nothing that so I can it was show. Hard so to sell it to Airbnb. It, well there's there they ask for you know what's your experience with this well i'm not an experienced tour guide i bet i you know i could probably fudge that a little bit but i just couldn't come up with a good way to package it to make it more right. than just a ride in a car to look at some historical markers i mean because there's nothing gorgeous about it now i could sell it as this is real life this is what it looks like up these hollows and and it's desolate Right. But I don't see people. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see people wanting to do that. Right. I could. I thought. I thought about selling it with a, um, uh, putting it together with a, um, a, a traditional coal miner's lunch and a traditional coal mine bucket and oh, that, that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of work involved with that. that I don't know if I have time. So then you get into the pricing of it. And I just really didn't, I never got it. I never got it firmed up, you know, into the experience. And the last time I went in and looked, they weren't, they weren't accepting new experiences or it was being reevaluated or something. That was a few weeks ago. So I'm not sure if there was still, or, okay. or they're going to tag on new ones or not, but that's that's the long way around, and that's why I never got it condensed. Yeah. You know, I I didn't have a thirty second pitch for you for that, or an elevator pitch for that, and I I just was never able to pull it together. But I do have uh, I do have information sheets and stuff for for folks on on them, and and the idea I could still do it if I could come come out with a way to to package it up and pull it off. So yeah, because I could do it as part as the direct book. I could yeah, do a part of the would, direct book and upsell. You, going back to the direct book, what made mm-hmm. you decide? I think probably I know, but what made you decide to do direct book? And how difficult was it? And Airbnb is obviously okay with that. Well, uh, they don't. They they don't have they don't have a dog in that bite. Okay, um, yeah. Air, you're not exclusive when you when you cool. do Airbnb. That's really cool. You'll see a lot of folks with with the offsite, like the I I lovingly call them absentee hosts because they may own the property and own the building that you're in but you never see them you never shake hands with them you never get to know them you never yeah, I've cleaned anything those. yeah yeah i bet you have and and so they may be listed with vbro or, or, or other other travel agencies to to rent those because they're in the business of renting space and you know, making money that way. Right. Um, I like interacting with people. I, I like to sit down if they want to. Now, I try I try to gauge when somebody comes in, whether they are uh, the chatty type or just leave me alone. I just want to get a good night's sleep and I want to be out the door right? Yeah. or somewhere in between. And I've had all kinds of them. So Airbnb doesn't have a play in that. What I wanted to do is I wanted to, I a direct book takes out all those now you do yes. give up some things. You have to do your own marketing, and you have to do your own um, payment, right. and you have to do. But well, and you had to put up a website. Well, yeah, I would. I, I do that anyway. But yeah, so you, you're going. You're going to have your website. You're going to have, and well, you could just do it with Facebook, you know, That's or true. YouTube yeah. or any of that. The but um, because the the uh, I use one. It's called Free to Book, but. There's a basic level that's at no charge, but then with each step up there or each little added thing, there's a few charges, but it's out of the UK. But um, just to take that middle person out, I, I got to the point where I was I was comfortable not having um, all of that and, and having it, it used to be you could the the guest would see, you know, what they paid and they would see what the host paid. Now it's all in one. It's just one lump payment. And so the guest gets the idea in their mind that, oh, I don't have fees to pay anymore. But in fact, I don't pay any fees until you pay me. So you're actually paying all the fees anyway. And I've seen hosts, it, because this is in the back, in the, in the back, uh, on the back yeah, side of all of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Is that hosts are, you know, they'll add cleaning fees and they'll add all these other fees and and you think oh okay i'm I, you know this there's there's an extra fee for cleaning the room well they're going to clean the room anyway mm-hmm. so i never i just had one flat rate 
And just because you were going to pay those fees anyway, and they were just all part of it. I wasn't going to split it out and say, you know, because I'm not going to not clean the room. Right. And I'm not going to not restock. And I'm not, of course, I don't allow pets, but um, I'm not going to, you know, not charge extra for pets if I was allowing pets. Right. So I just have the one. I don't try to make it look. So you did the Airbnb for a while to kind of get your experience yeah. and then right. you started doing the direct bookings once you right. started comfortable. I think that's a really good way to go about yeah. it. And I still do both. Right. But now with the direct book, I offer more value. I offer, you know, uh the opportunity to have hand ground coffee in the mornings instead of store bought coffee or curry. I mean, well they can still have the curry or whatever, but the opportunity is there. They can have uh what I call a coffee and chocolates package, which is uh, West Virginia roasted coffee. It's it's roasted by um, a company out of St. Albans, which is a few miles from me, called Coal River Coffee. So I buy the whole beans, and I I have a hand grinder, and I grind grind it up. And there's a a chocolate company in West Virginia called Hall's Chocolate H O L L S. And um, I bought you know a, 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 some some of their chocolates, and I offer that you know in the room if you buy that if you buy that package. Um, and I'll do occasionally some seasonal things, you know, um, mother, well, I didn't do mother's day this year, but like maybe flowers in the room. Cause I don't do flowers in the room, but I do usually have flower, fresh flowers on the table because, you know, okay. I get to enjoy those too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excuse, it's an excuse to go buy some flowers, but, uh, so there's, there's those things. And, um, you know, every now and again around the holidays or something special, I'll, I'll do something that that's an, an upsale really. Right. And, um, they pay separate for those things. Yeah. They would add those, but they're not, well, yes and no, they're, they're paying separate for some of them. For some of them, it's just, um, it's a courtesy if they want it, but because they've direct booked like the, um, there's a, there's a, couple different breakfasts that I'll do that are actually a, a separate charge, like uh, fried mushrooms and bacon and and coffee and stuff, which is a local, um, well, it's not necessarily a local, but it's an old time breakfast with West Virginia honey or West Virginia molasses or West Virginia maple syrup. You know, it's a, it's a separate little package thing. But there are some things that, um, you know, direct book guests just get because of direct book. And they save, they save money because we're not both, you're not paying the extra yeah, to Airbnb. I can't remember what Airbnb chart takes, but I think it's like 30% or something. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something along those lines. And uh, but when you add it together, because you're looking at your guest fee and the fee to the, right, yeah, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it really is. So if, yeah, I mean, if you had a big house that was, I don't know, $800 a mm-hmm. night, it doesn't, it's. It's not a big deal, but when you're just renting a room for, I don't know, $75, it ends up, and you get a lot of, especially if you get a lot of turnover, Mm -hmm. it does end up, it ends up cutting into it. Everything, every little cent counts. Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, it does. And we're not, I'm not in a big touristy area anyway. A lot of my guests are coming off the turnpike. They're traveling through. Okay. Um. I have had folks, uh, I, had, I had last summer, I had a travel nurse that stayed several weeks with us and uh, she needed a washing machine. I don't let, my washing machine is in the basement. I don't let people in the basement. It's just, okay. it's an unfinished basement. It's where I keep 
my uh, food and, and, you know, my pantry items and things like that. And it's just not, um, there's nothing structurally wrong, but it's just not the, you just don't want people in your basement. It's, yeah. Like I said, it's it's unfinished and all our stuff's down here. But uh, And I don't traditionally provide laundry service anyway. But she was going to be here for a long time. I got a portable washing machine and gave her access to the um, the clothesline outside. And I gave her some uh, racks to dry in the um, in the room so that she could wash her work clothes and stuff. You know, so I did make, you know, I did I did make that for her. But you're usually my guests quite, are. Yeah, you're accommodating. to. Your yeah, I did, I did. I did. Yeah. Stay yeah. Nice. So now laundry is that's an option for someone who who wants to okay. to stay more than a couple nights. I mean it's got to it's got to be you know worth it, not just. But right. um, yeah. but uh, yeah, usually our our guests are just traveling through, or they're coming in for a, a concert or something. So they're just usually one nights. So they're not here to, you know, do a lot of right. stuff. Or right, yeah. Well, that I think that this is something that um you know, people can consider an an extra room in their house or if they have a basement or even a small apartment or something somewhere. Yeah. We've stayed in a few. I've stayed in a bed and breakfast too. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've also stayed in a few Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. Most of them have been like in a basement where somebody finished it off and there was a separate entrance and stuff. But um, I think it's a really good way to yeah, and it's it's be home more and not it, have your typical nine to five job or eat or if you need to do both. It's I think it's just yeah, a really good way. Yeah, to and you income. you can meet some of the most amazing people. We had a young man stay here that uh, was a cellist, and he was traveling uh, to different uh, universities that uh, as part of a summer music program thing, and he was rehearsing. Um or I guess he was practicing. Uh, one evening, I had to take my grandnephew to Boy Scouts. This has been a couple of years ago. And we come back and the young man was 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 practicing. And my, my grandnephew just stood in the doorway and stared at him for about 10 minutes solid. And this is a, an ADHD kid, you know, and he just stood there, just was amazed. And it was so beautiful to hear that young man. And then I've had um, several kind of like folk musicians, folk singers come through, uh, a couple folks that um, and my husband used to be in a uh, a local uh, band that traveled the state for a while. So we've got piano and keyboards and guitars around and a couple folks have sat down and talked to him and they plinked guitars, you know, for a few minutes and had a young man coming through. Um, he was out of, I want to say New York. Now, it wasn't the big university in New York, but. Uh, he was doing, he was spending his summer, he was a film student, and he was spending the summer going to the different um, shuttered coal mine communities. And um, he was going to some that we'd never even heard of. And we got the maps out and started looking. It's like, oh, man, you know, just that that right. weren't there. And he was doing documentaries on this. Okay, and we talked cool. with him for hours. I mean, it was two or three o'clock in the morning when we finally quit talking. And that was only because the husband had to get up and go to work. But uh, it, I mean, we have met some really interesting people, and then I've had I've had some duds. I've had some duds. <laughs> well, that's so. cool. So, hey, speaking of duds, mm-hmm. it probably is something I should ask you. Have you ever had um, 
issues with like somebody just totally trashing the room. That's one of the nice parts about being there as the host. Is yeah. Less likely to do that. But have you had any issues? I've, I've had a couple. I've had a couple things that are really, really strange. Not so much trashing the room, like, you know, busting the guitar or squirting ketchup everywhere, anything like that. I had a young man who, um, well, I say young man, that's relative to my age, but he, I mean, he was grown. He was in the area taking taking civil service exams, and he was here for two days or two nights, and his command of English was not that strong. Uh, we were able to communicate, but it it was a challenge. And but um, so my husband was in Indiana working, and this was one of my first guests. So this was within the first six months, and um, he. He came in and he acted afraid of the dog. And that clued me off to he probably didn't read the full listing anyway, because he acted like he didn't know I had a dog. So <laughs> the first first evening he'd gone out and had his dinner and whatever he did and he came back in and I thought he was up for the night and I was watching television uh, downstairs and he came downstairs in his underpants. Oh, boy. <laughs> and nothing, nothing else. <laughs> And I thought, um, okay. And I, I, I just kind of stopped and I thought, do I go ahead and say, because we were already having difficulties, you know, communicating anyway. Do I say something? What am I going to do here? And he came down the next morning in his underpants and ate breakfast. And I thought, I, I really need to say something. But what do you say? To, you know, why is he coming down anyway in his underpants? <laughs> And so I was on the I was on the message board uh, in the host uh, part of the Airbnb community and was asking people and there's then I had different I had people say throw him out throw him out I thought well I hate to just throw him out because it's just not in my nature but um, then I had someone else say this is a cultural thing this is a I cultural thing and he does not you. yeah he doesn't understand that you don't do that. And I thought, how does somebody not understand not to walk around in your underpants in front of a strange person, you know? But the more I, I never got a really good feeling of what to do. And I thought, he's he's not here except a few hours anyway. Just stay, stay, keep in the living room. So I stayed in the living room because he, you know, he got up and he went and he took the exams and he didn't come back till about seven or eight. And then he went upstairs and he stayed except for when he went to the restroom. And so... um because our restroom in this old house is downstairs. Oh, okay. And and it's a shared it's a shared bathroom, so you have to come down to go to the bathroom. And um, I thought just leave it and let the guy go, and just don't even make it an issue. Well, when he left at at that time in in one of the dressers that I have upstairs, they have a couple little small drawers uh, because they're they're these antique you know right. uh, chest of drawers, and they have a couple small ones on top and the full size ones down. And I had in there a little a little box of travel things, like a, a travel razor and a travel uh, shave cream thing, just, you know, and a, a little si- had a little sign up on a little plastic um, frame that said, if you've forgotten something that, you know, here, help yourself. He'd gone through those and he'd opened all of them. And I had some things for ladies that guys don't use in there. And he'd opened all those and. You know, like, okay. 
what are you doing there, <laughs> buddy? And again, it was a, he probably had no idea what those things were. Maybe, yeah. And I thought, well, okay, open one, but why did you open them all? <laughs> so I, I decided at that point I wasn't going to offer those anymore. And if someone kind of said, oh, man, I don't have my shaving cream or whatever. I have some I can, you know, just ask I'll, if you need them. Right, yeah. Plus, there's a Walmart within a mile. So most of those things, yeah. you can run up and get them anyway. But, you know, that was my trying to have everything and, and anticipate everything. And I didn't anticipate that. But um, I t- probably the biggest problem I have, the biggest problem I've run into is people not reading the full description. Okay. The most the most consistent complaint when I get them is the narrow check-in window, which I have set from three to six in the evening. And that's it because we get up at four o'clock. And if you're coming in at eight or nine, I totally we're staying that. up. The dogs are staying awake. We're having to show you the room. You're thumping in and out. And it just, you know, upsets the household. And people not reading that it's a shared bathroom, but it's downstairs and the room's upstairs. I've had three different older ladies who have trouble with stairs come and say, I didn't realize there were stairs. It's all over. It's all over the listing. Right. Then I've had a few people that complain that it's hard to find. I don't know how much clearer I can be. I've, I've got a street address. Right. I've got uh, rough in rough directions. I've got a map posted. And, you know, if you're 100% relying on GPS, if you've got it set on scenic, it's going to take you up, down, and around and backwards. The My most recent guest that uh, had uh, severe heartburn messaged me with um um what did she say oh i i'll be there about nine o'clock and i'll need to take a shower and i said i but i and i had asked her and this was an airbnb guest and i'm very careful of what i put in there because if somebody complains then i you have a record right and I said, well, I had I asked you when you booked the room if you read the full listing and told you that people miss things like the check-in window. And your answer to me was, yes, I read the, li- the full listing and I realized I check in after three. And she, her answer to me was, but I didn't think that meant. Um, I didn't I didn't think that meant you had to check in between three and six to me check-in just means let you know or something there was some kind of strange it wasn't yeah and that ended up that was bad for for all of us all around uh she was an educated woman um and uh insisting that to her check-in means something different than what i meant and um she gave me a very bad rating uh Saying it was hard to find, I was not flexible with check-in, which I am to a small degree, but, and that uh, there was something else that she said, I can't remember now what it was, but uh, it was, it was frustrating because it was, it, it was completely a lack of her reading the 
description listing. and the listing. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what they do is they just hit the first available thing that looks like it's it's a decent price and then so that but this is these are human things. You you have this yeah. if you're dealing with human. So Yeah. So but yeah, that, that was you know, that one's definitely good to talk dead. about that and consider yeah. those things. I mean, you have to And there's them. only so much you can do. In the first line of my listing it says check-in is from 3 to 6. This is firm. And I still get people saying, "Will you let me check in later?" If it's an emergency, if you're tied up in legitimate traffic and I can see on a traffic app or something that, yeah, there's a wreck between here and there. And, you know, I'm I'm flexible that way. But if you just say, I, I see your and I get I do get this. I see your check in windows from three to six. I can't be there till 10. No. Yeah. This isn't the place for you to stay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. OK, so what are your plans going forward? Do you have plans to um keep things the same or are you going to be adding anything to like your homestead or your add-ons for people to purchase or well we do we have the etsy store and i'm I'm always trying to add uh, come up with i'm just not that some there are people out there who just come up with ideas and things yeah, i'm not I, that way i, I have, have to... i have a hard time too <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I am trying to add things to the Holstein House at Etsy store. Um, I was trying to do a um, hip camp. They initially accepted it, but then uh, pulled it uh, pulled it off the uh, the site and and canceled it because I don't have the acreage that they insisted, which I didn't notice. And I read through it, and I I didn't notice that they expected you to have. X amount of property before you could oh, okay. do a hip camp. Uh, apparently, there's some kind of, of requirement for that because it said there was no privacy from the neighbors and stuff. And I thought, well, I mean, that's that's kind of relative. But, I, you know, the area that I was going to do for the for the hip camp was just basically kind of like I do with the Airbnb. You're traveling from here to there. There's no campground along the interstate and you just want to stop for an evening you know here's some here's enough space and and uh, if you uh, if you do a hip camp and you provide a structure like a cabin you have to provide um some type of toilet right well i was i was already i wasn't going to do that but i don't want people peeing in my yard so <laughs> i was going to put you know uh, uh one of the the pop up toilets with with a hand washing station and stuff out for people when they um can you offer book, uh self-contained units though or do you always have to have provide a bathroom if you if you provide a structure this is oh, my understanding yeah if you yep. provide a structure there has to be a bathroom so if they're camping then so you don't if, if they're bringing their own stuff if they're bringing their own tent and stuff then they you can make them responsible for their own bathroom but i envision this even though people are well-intentioned having dealt with people with with the room here at the house somebody's gonna have to go in the middle of the night and i got the door shut to the house right so um and this was a thought uh brian um uh, yeah i know how do you mean. how do you pronounce his name i don't know <laughs> Ale, Ale, i know a lot know of people in the lots project do, um hip camps yeah 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 so brian suggested it and um a lot of homesteaders do it too. Like yeah. a lot of homesteaders do hip camp. Well, they've yeah. got they've got more property. 
Yes. I'm, they've got more property. Yeah, yeah. So he had suggested it. And uh, I thought, oh, that sounds great. Because I was trying to think of a way to have something extra that wouldn't be a big time demand on me. Right. And I could probably, I may still be able to do it. It just wouldn't be through them. So I don't get yeah, that promotion. Like private booking type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I have this, this area, let's, I, I just for numbers, let's say a 10 by 10 area. If you need to stop on the way between um, 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 North Carolina and, uh, and uh, Michigan, and you need to stop and you, and you're camping and you don't, you can't get to one of the campsites or, or something. And here's, I have this spot for, you know, let's just say 10 bucks a night. And um, you'll have a, 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 uh, a bathroom area and a hand washing station, you know, and put your tent here or park your camper van here and, you know, do it that way. I've also, but that, you know, like I said, Hip Camp um, initially accepted me and then they said, no, you can't because you don't have the enough property. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about putting in an EV charging station. I did, I've only had one guest in the whole time that I've had the room open ask about charging an electric vehicle. And he he had it charging just on a regular outlet, outdoor outlet here at the house, only about five or six hours because he was out fairly late. And by the time he got in and plugged it in and then had to get up and leave. So it was only about five or six hours. And my understanding is that that on a house charger isn't very much. I don't know Jack squat about electric vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> so I've talked to my dad about it because my dad's always around and uh, I said, I'm not sure what I have to do. And dad's like, oh, you got to do this, this, and this is no big deal. And you just get somebody to do it. I'm like, that's part of the problem there is just getting somebody to do it. You have to have the space on your breaker, which I don't have here, but in the the shop that it actually belongs to my dad. It was his welding shop for a long time, but my husband has it now for a car garage. Um, There's enough we could do that and I could put a pole. I mean, I have this all in my head. I know how I can make it happen. It's a way and that you could make money. You could, like you could charge people to charge. My, my understanding is there is a way to do it. And I, Interesting. I've lost the link. I lost where I had that link saved um, that there is an app that I've like you would pull it, up to the pole. More people do it. Yeah. You'd pull up to the pole and you punch in the numbers and the, it would already be pre preset what the rate was and um you know it would be on the grid of or map of electric charging stations or something my understanding it's out there i've seen it somewhere and i've lost the link to that and i've hunted and searched and i just can't find it but it's out there somewhere i know yeah and we do all like really good ways to yeah think about for yeah and you can i can promote that you know to the room if you drive an electric vehicle you can charge but because you want the the um uh the fast charging um yes you know like it does it a lot faster yeah yeah so um and that's why you need the the, i think it's a 50 amp breaker i think my my ability to do electrical stuff is right up there with my ability to build skyscrapers it doesn't exist but um so there's that's there they're they're kind of i mean you do have an upfront cost with those right and then you have to figure out what and i looked at my electric bill 
and it actually said on there for rate information, contact customer service. So my actual rate's not on my bill. Oh, interesting. And I never noticed it before that because, you know, you're paying the electric bill, regardless of what it is, you're paying an electric bill. And I, I never noticed that the actual rate was not listed there. Now I could I could do the, try to do the math, but there's some other fees dumped in that. Yeah. So you know, say let's say my my electric bill's fifty bucks. Inside that fifty bucks is some taxes and stuff in addition to the rate. So Delivery fees and all that junk. Yeah, yeah. So trying to pull those out and then do the math on the kilowatt hours versus all this other. Right. But it's still an idea, and that's kind of why yeah. I wanted to have you on because I think, yeah. um, you know, many of us are trying to figure out ways to bring income into yeah. the homestead and into the house, um, yeah. and still remain home at least most of the time. Yeah, away yeah. from you know, like your regular job because yeah. one of the hard parts about being on a homestead is it requires a lot of attention and a lot of energy. So the more you're home. Yeah, doing these little side gigs and these multiple streams. Yeah, it just makes it a lot easier to to be home and make your bread. And if one of the ducklings and yeah, and one of the things that I don't have to deal with now at the present is my son's grown. I don't and and I don't have grandchildren here, and um, so I I'm not I don't have to worry if I have someone come and stay that I have children in the house. Now, if you have children at home you yeah. might want you may want to consider only if you're if you consider an airbnb kind of or, or a bnb kind of thing having only guests with children yeah you know uh and and maybe promoted as a an opportunity maybe you have uh maybe you have a, a the chickens where that you could offer your guests to participate in feeding the chickens or you know Oh, yeah, something that's cool. so yeah. that it's not like a a, like a dude a ranch kind of thing but yeah yeah like but, a farm you know there's experience or a you can add a little experience to yeah. that so that you're, you're bringing in people with with children so that you're not as worried i i've had no that um, other than <laughs> the the gentleman i uh gently f- refer to as captain underpants other than that i've not had any really sketchy people okay and part of the reason i was able i think to avoid that was you know going with my gut reaction that this doesn't feel right this there's something not right about this yeah um to you know reading the host and even if you don't actually uh activate your uh, Airbnb, and and you just you create the listing, but you never actually activate the calendar. You can get in and you can read that host's forum, and you can read about some of the experience. Now, some of them are going to be out there because there's other countries involved, right? Um, because Airbnb is all over the world. But one but of the it things does help give you some ideas. About it what does. It it helps. You can you can do and a how search to avoid on things too. Yes, and one of, one of the things that I think has helped me not get the really strange people post Captain Underpants was that I inched my rates up. Okay. You know, I'm never going to actually. I'm never going to get a hundred dollars a night out of that room. This is a very old house. The bathroom obviously is separate, like I've said before. So it's a shared bathroom. There's only so much I can do with that room to keep with the period, you know, and I'm I'm not going to go out and make it a modern 
guest room when the rest of the house is fairly close to it's not perfectly but it's fairly period uh correct so i'm not gonna so i have to come up with ways to upsell you know so but to get that rate up where it's at right now it's a little uncomfortable but it does weed out a lot of the Right. Like if you not offer perfect, but 25 bucks a night, you're going to get some yeah. sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because anybody can hawk something they stole for 25 bucks. And then, you know, if you get the, oh, I just need a place to stay for a couple of nights because my husband beat me and I've got to find a place to live. You're, and I'm, I'm not making light of spousal abuse in any manner, but you're, 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 you're looking for trouble if you, if you get into that because some of those people don't leave or they don't pay. Or they, you know, there's there's the all spouse, kinds of or the abusive or the spouse shows up your on house. your doorstep, yes. yes, and involves you in something you just don't need to get involved with, right? Um, so if you if you do, my and a, a piece of advice for anyone who would use Airbnb and, and wants to transition into direct book, make sure you get. It doesn't have to be free to book. Now they are not they don't sponsor me. I don't have a a an account with, uh, you know, an uh, affiliate, affiliate right. with them. They, and, and there's other ones like it, but um, you can subscribe to them, pay a little extra and they manage both calendars. So you don't end up double booked okay. because otherwise you're trying to juggle the Airbnb calendar. And as soon as you get a right. booking over here, closing it over here or the other way around. Yeah, I know people that have multiple, like they have Airbnb, VRBO, HipCamp. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could mm-hmm. get quite the. Yeah, digital. it can. It can. And there are programs out there for that. So. Um, that you that can uh, can sync those for you. You do you, you know you pay, you pay for it, but the only thing I haven't figured out yet um, that I want to do is well, it's not the only, but the I, I want to work on accepting Bitcoin. Okay, and I don't have a smooth way to do that and block the calendar. I mean, I can invoice you for a bit with, and you can we can get that taken care of and then I've got Bitcoin, you know, or Satoshi's, but that doesn't block the calendar. So I still have to do that extra step, which is okay for now because I don't have that big of a, I don't have a demand for people using Bitcoin, but the fewer steps that I need to take, the more time I have. So if, if I can, if I can get that worked out where, you know, you're wanting to pay with Bitcoin, I'm, invoicing you and it's getting right set up a lot of steps yeah 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 so well well this has been really interesting yeah i just glanced at the clock and i know you have uh, a tight schedule this morning so i scheduled i kind of knew that we might talk a little while (laughs) i have have that i gave myself a cushion to get ready for work i have that habit (laughs) well so do i and especially when it comes to you know talking about having a small homestead and yeah. trying to make some extra money and, yeah. and make that all work together. I, um, that's kind yeah. of, I'm exploring a lot of things right now and I know a lot of people are. So thank yeah. you so much. for Well, coming anytime, out. anytime, uh, just not every subject, but just about any subject, you know, Yeah. you want to well, holler at, we can, we can make time for, well, have- thank you. Asking. All of your, um, you're going to send me some links and we'll put those in the that. show notes for all the I listeners. I will get that to and you. 
Um, thank you so much, Robin. Oh, yes. you're very welcome. Well, I hope this has given some ideas to those considering renting a space in their homestead. See you next time and grow where you're planted. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I want to flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. It's a modern homestead. Build a modern homestead. A lot of folks don't understand why I want to live this way. They've never eaten from their land like we do here every day. Snapping beans like Grandma did, sitting on her from pool hunting and fishing like a kid once you've done all of your chores it's a modern homestead build a modern homestead country or city there's a way to make this change you gotta start today